formal education isn't the only way to take the next steps in your career. Let me repeat myself. Formal education isn't the only way to take the next steps in your career. You've heard me right, because in this episode, we'll be sharing three certifications that you can take to level up in the public health job market or to get your next promotion. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. My name is LaShawn, your host for this episode, alongside with my co-host, Gordon Thane. Welcome, Gordon. Thanks for having me. What are we talking about today? It sounds like we're talking about the not formal education. So if we're not doing formal education, what are we doing? I'm confused about that. I think to lead into that discussion, we have to first talk about what is the difference between just like a degree, a certification, Mm. or a certificate? I think there's always some confusion with that. Mm. Can you tell me a bit about that? And maybe we'll figure out the solution to your problem. Okay. Yeah, I guess a degree or a diploma would tend to be something that you would get through a formal education. And a certificate as well, in some regard, is something that you would get from a more structured or formal education, whereas a certification would be more something that you get from a professional association of some sorts to signify that you have some competencies in a specific area. That's the way I think about it. I think you did a pretty good job explaining that, but do you have any certifications like as an example that you can talk about? I have one, but someone has like four or five of them. No, no. But uh, about yes, you. this is about you, Gordon. This is about me. Okay, I'll. Yes, I have a certification in project management, okay. and it, it is referred to as the project management professional, mm-hmm. and it is issued by the Project Management Institute, which is a leading independent agency for certifying project managers. Okay, cool. So that's the one that I have. And so by doing that through this independent organization, it's considered to be non-formal education type endeavor. Right. Is that correct? Right. That's right. It's not something that you got from an academic institution, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Something you would traditionally think of as a way to enhance your trajectory into any given space like public health. Right. So with that in mind, in this episode... We're going to be talking about these three certifications that you can possibly think about to enhance your path into public health and to get that next promotion. And as a preface, don't rush to get all three of these certifications as soon as this episode is done. Why not? Why not? Gordon and I always love talking about this idea of not getting things just for the sake of getting things. You really want to be pointed You really want to be targeted. You really want to be focused in the efforts and energy you put out there. And when you're pursuing something like a certification, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes sacrifice. So you really want to make sure that you understand why you're getting the certification and how you're going to use it to get Mm -hmm. what you want. Okay. Okay? Sounds like a plan. Alrighty. So Gordon, tell us about the first certification. Right. So it's important to note here that in a previous episode, we covered five certifications. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, we're covering another three that you can take. 
The first one we're going to be talking about is the Credential Evaluator, CE. Okay. And this is issued by the Canadian Evaluation Society. So the CE certification, Credential Evaluator, it's a designation to support the professionalization efforts by defining, recognizing, and promoting the practice of ethical, high-quality, and competent evaluation in Canada. Mm. So that that's very interesting. And we'll dig a bit deeper into more about what they mean in a minute. Okay. So it's been a minute. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was a segue to you, but I'll, okay, I'll, I'll take it. So yes, yeah, so the, this CE credential, they have 36 competencies across five domains. Okay. So the five domains that they cover are reflective practice, technical practice, situational practice, management practice, and interpersonal practice. And we'll just break down each one really quickly now. So reflective practice, we're talking about understanding the evaluation theory and the practice of evaluation in such a way that you can apply it in an evidence-based way. So that's dependent as well on your ability to reflect and continuously learn, continuously grow, and to use your evaluation skills to evaluate public health programs because we are talking about public Mm -hmm. health. Technical practice. That's a very interesting one. It is. So when we're talking about technical practice, we're really getting into the meat of what this is about, what evaluation Mm -hmm. is. So we're talking about these competencies that focus on strategic, methodological, and interpretive decisions that are ultimately required to conduct any sort of evaluation. So talking about basic things like the purpose, the scope of the evaluation, understanding if you're doing a program, how to assess its potential to be evaluated, how to Mm. implement, use different topics, questions to frame your evaluation, how to develop this evaluation design, and how to ultimately use the appropriate methods to do this evaluation. What's embedded under these is how do you collect that data? How do you interpret that data? And how do you use the findings to enhance your evaluation practices, right? And how to use those findings to enhance outcomes for future iterations of what you're doing, right? It's very technical in that sense. So what you're actually doing as an evaluator. Mm, Perfect. And in terms of situational practice, the focus there is to understand, analyze, and evaluate the needs of different stakeholders across a variety of different mm, contexts. Stakeholders. Where, yeah, where stakeholders. It, that sounds important in public health, doesn't it? Yeah, and in the context of evaluation, right? For evaluation, you're creating a program, you're implementing a project or program, and you're trying to assess if the evaluation worked. And if an evaluation worked, that can mean several things. That can mean you assessed it for feasibility, you assessed it for cost effectiveness, you assessed it for uptake. And in all of those elements there, you're working with some kind of stakeholder who's going to realize the benefits of this program or intervention. So then this really touches on the fact that stakeholders have to be included in evaluation processes. Mm -hmm. And then the last two are management practice, which really focuses on really sound project management skills throughout this evaluation endeavor and interpersonal skills. So the social and personal skills required to communicate 
and translate this information that you gained from this evaluation project. Now, overall, we talked about these five domains and we talked about some of its applicability into public health. Mm. Let's dig a little deeper. What kind of people would want to pursue this certification? I actually know some people, and this is how I came across this credential, is there are people that I know working in an evaluation capacity for a variety of different organizations, nonprofit, health units, and things of that nature who have this credential. So anybody who's involved at all in evaluating a program, which tends to be a lot of different people, there's people with a formal title as program evaluator, project evaluator. Those people, there's a more obvious connection. But if you're working in any capacity at all where you're developing programs or interventions, chances are at some level, you're also endeavoring to evaluate whatever you've been doing. And it can also be useful in those situations as well. Wonderful. So tell me a bit about some of this logistical parts of pursuing oh, this that's the boring stuff though we could breeze through it that, breeze through it that's another, it's boring but it's important yeah. because the factors like applications fees and maintenance fees is very important for people so in this particular credential the credentialed evaluator by the canadian evaluation society the application fee is 485 canadian dollars at the time of recording and at the time of recording so don't quote us on that and they require a fee of $50 a year to maintain the certification in addition to some other potential membership fees as well. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about credentials or certifications, there's always going to be some application process. And sometimes there's a standardized exam that has to be completed yeah. as part of the process to acquire certification. In this case, there is no exam. Yeah. However, there's a rigorous application process that you'd have to complete where you have to essentially demonstrate that you have all of the competencies required to effectively practice as a credential evaluator. And that's something that a panel of reviewers would review your application and determine and assess your eligibility. Wonderful. And again, it doesn't stop there because as Gordon mentioned, that bit on maintenance you are required mm. to do ongoing modules or what is it called in this case? Credits. It's called... There's some yeah. sort of credits that you have to continue to do over Continuing time. education credits. There it is. So just because you have this... 40 hours. There it is. 40 hours is a lot over the year or a couple years. So you want to make sure that you're on top of that and you're committed to this because it's not a one and done type thing. So... The good thing is that they do have a public registry as well. So if you do get it, people have the ability to look you up and see that you are, in fact, a credentialed evaluator. And that's something that I very much appreciate with my certification, the PMP. Some people may misrepresent their what they have, and it's good when an employer or someone who's going to contract you is able to verify your credential. And I think that adds to the legitimacy of it. Okay. So the next certification we want to talk about is Public Health Administrator by the Public Health Practitioner Certification Board. Gordon, can you tell me about this? 
Yeah, it's a new one. You never heard you about never this, heard right? Of it, but it seems yeah, important. and you know everything. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the public health administrator is a certification. I also recently discovered this, and it's a voluntary public health credential for public health professionals who are occupying administrative roles. Okay. Administrative roles tend to be more leadership roles, more strategic roles. So it may not be for people who are just starting their public health career, but for people in a positions where they're they're driving the allocation of resources and strategically what's going on in a specific region as it relates to public health and prioritization. In this case, it focuses on five competency areas being public health practice, community health assessment, public health policy, advocacy, and law, program development and evaluation, and the fifth being public health administration. So this certification essentially assesses your competencies in these areas. And as you'll find out later when you apply, these are what they're going to be looking for before granting you this certification. What they should also know, like many of the certifications we always talk about, is there's some sort of application fee. At the time of recording, that's set at 175 US dollars. Okay? And there are some requirements to acquire this certification. You need at least a bachelor's degree. You need at least three years of administrative and su supervisory experience in public mm -hmm. or private health sector. Each applicant must also provide evidence of fulfilling five professional competencies that Gordon mentioned, and this is detailed through their application process. Finally, there is no exam for this certification, but again, in lieu of that is this application process, but the fun doesn't stop there because you will have to maintain this credential by completing some sort of professional development units every three years and yeah, that's pretty much all you got to know. Mm, okay. Alrighty. And what do we got for the third and final? You got any more for the people? Oh, we got another Last one? but not least, mm. Certified Physical Activity in Public Health Specialist, PAPHS, oh. by the American College of Sports Medicine in collaboration with the National Physical Activity Society. Now, Gordon, mm. tell me about that. That sounds intense. It sounds like an interesting one. Also, something very new for me as well, mm -hmm. as I was doing some research. So this particular credential is specifically intended for professionals who promote physical activity in all areas of public health. And it aligns with uh, career goals in physical activity advocacy, policy, and program development and evaluation. Right off the bat, it becomes very obvious where this fits in public health. A huge part of public health is preventing non-communicable diseases. And when we talk about non-communicable diseases, we can't go very far without talking about chronic diseases. And a lot of chronic diseases are related to physical activity, sedentary behavior, and nutrition, healthy eating, and this credential provides you with the understanding of what the underlying risk factors and protective factors are when it comes to physical activity, and it's a stamp of approval in your knowledge around these aspects. 
So when we're talking about this, we understand that this is more of a specialized certification for those interested in collectivity. So when we're talking about some of the requirements to acquire the certification, we're talking about an applicant that must hold a bachelor's degree in a health-related field and, as Gordon alluded to, someone with a bachelor's degree in a subject that must cover at least 1,200 hours of experience in a setting that promotes physical activity or healthy lifestyle management to be even able to qualify to write the exam. So there is that hour requirement that you need in order to write this exam. You know, oftentimes we think of physical activity as being like a personal trainer yeah. or something like that. I just want to impress upon you the fact that this is approaching physical activity from a public health perspective and this is reflected in the areas that the exam covers so the exam covers planning and evaluation intervention data and scientific information exercise science in public health settings very important one partnerships and organizational structure so it's very 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 unique in this way and i've never seen a certification like this before Health promoters often work in areas of chronic disease prevention and physical activity. So if that's something that you're either working in now or something that you're looking to get into, this is something that you should probably take a look at. And I'll conclude by saying that, again, there are usually fees associated with these credentials and certifications. In this particular case, the exam fee for the PAPHS, that's a mouthful, Mm -hmm. certification is between 150 to 195 US dollars for the exam. So yes, for this one, unlike the two that we mentioned before, does have an examination component. And you also have an opportunity to purchase a membership, which may reduce your exam fees. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all that amazing information, Gordon. Now, Like I said earlier, should people be rushing to complete all three of these certifications? Yes. Yes? No. Why? Because I would say as well, one thing that's from an employer perspective, and I'll approach it from a different angle than you, Mm -hmm. LaShawn. We always talk about making your job application or making your resume make sense. So if your certifications are sorted all over the place, and then you yourself are not able to articulate why you did each yeah. one and how you would apply it to whatever discipline or job that you're working in, it, it can get a little bit confusing for your employer and it might wrongly show that you lack a bit of direction. So first of all, you want to identify the areas that are important to you. You want to identify areas that you want to strengthen and then align the certifications that you want to do to what your ultimate goal mm-hmm. is. And then you can evaluate yourself on an ongoing basis and do more. And it's not to say that you can't do different certifications. It's to say that you should have a reason for yourself for being able to do different things. And I know LaShawn has a variety of different certifications. And he, I think his favorite term is generalized specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And that allows him to be able to walk the talk when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Again, in a nutshell, you want to be pointed and focused when you're trying to pursue a certification. It's not easy, and there's a cost associated with it. So if you find a way 
to be able to incorporate this in your job search process, your interview process, or in your general line of work that will add value to your organization. And in many cases, you can get your organization to cover some of these fees, Mm -hmm. right? So there are multiple options available to you and just have fun with it. And it's a journey for professional development and you don't need to rush and complete everything right away like LaShawn. One of the benefits to a certification versus something like a course, which we've talked about courses before, is that you do most of the times get a designation that you can put alongside your formal education designations, such as an MPH. And that also adds credibility to your candidacy for the jobs on the market too. And in all of these cases, you do get a credential that you can put beside your MPH. So MPH comma CE, for example, shows that you hold a master of public health and you're also a credential evaluator. And that also can help your candidacy for anything that you're going to do for it. And I think what we're also trying to impress upon you, as Gordon says, Mm. is this idea that public health is multidisciplinary and we need Mm. skills from all these different areas to have the impacts that we always talk about in public health. So we don't want to just limit you to taking public health certifications. Have fun with it. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.